So, yeah, the consultant called me in the morning and said, uh, do you say further or father? Right. And I said, uh, further, I think. Why? And the doctor said, right, well, I'm afraid your further passed away this morning. <laughs> Deserter. The podcast that Esquire magazine once called the world's seventh most essential, but that when you check the Esquire website to see if it still says that, you find it's gone down to number 15, and no one from Esquire even thought to get in touch to explain why, which pretty much sums up Brexit Britain, Donald Trump and the whole anti-vaccination movement. Right on. In this episode, the Raider's father remembered. Dirty South's continuing search for employment. Plus pubs, porch parties and... Penises? You better believe it. Massive ones, tiny ones, and all their associated dangers. The corporate deserter stops by to get stuck into email, and we're back in deserter school to learn all about money. What is it, and where do we get it? Yeah, talking of which, uh, we say farewell to Vadim, and hello to our new head of commercial, who joins us later. More on that anon. Very exciting. I'd say quite exciting. Deadly Headley joins us on Knobs. It's pissing with rain. We've got a bottle of bubbles and a plate of homemade cheese and spinach pie from a fan. Thank you, Tina. Let's get <laughs> cracking. I'm the Dulwich Raider. And I'm Dirty South. Uh, so once again, I find myself asking, what have I been up to lately? Yes. Well, it says here you went to the Coaching Horses in Soho. Ah, uh, yes. I've been up north. Uh, I went to Soho to the Coaching Horses, the threatened Coaching Horses. There's a... Uh, petition uh, online to um for, for for people to sign and stop it not being turned into flats but stop mm. it uh, being refurbished um <laughs> petitions for anything now <laughs> well yes uh, fullers who own it uh, would like to update it a little i wouldn't mind them updating the bogs and the beer um that's true if it's been going for 60 years and they can't do a decent ale well they've had two landlords in 62 years which yeah. is pretty incredible and, yeah. Um, and one part of the petition is that um, Fuller's want to uh, have a sort of uh, tenanted landlord rather than the kind of system where they that they have at the moment, which is it's like having a host, isn't it? Having yeah. a, a, a good landlord. Uh, Alistair is there at the moment, uh, having taken over from Norman, of course. The yeah, of course. The legendary. grumpiest uh, landlord in London. Yeah. Um, well, it has yeah. got some lovely fixtures and fittings. Oh, they like do, yeah. Inset, it's beautiful double inside. Double diamond yeah. signage and eind coupe, etc. Yeah, it's very comforting. I wouldn't want a, a thing to change other than the beer in the box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I still had a nice evening there with Roxy, uh, sat outside as, you, as, as I normally would, and mm. you do get constantly... Um, asked for money when you're when you're sitting outside, don't you? I think you more do, yeah. so now the way the way things have been going in this country. Uh, but it, it it was hard to even get through a sentence, let alone a conversation. And mm. what you know, yeah. without being interrupted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's one guy who came back a second time, and I said, "Do you mind? I am trying to split up with this woman." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she burst into tears. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Rather trained, isn't she? Um, he says to me. Um, I usually email them. <laughs> That's got to be worth a pound. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah. But she recovered anyway, uh, mm. her, her composure. She, uh, we went to Shutters, and uh, she managed to pick up an Italian lad half her age. So she's all right. <laughs> Excellent. 
How about you? Uh, have you been far, far and wide? Uh, didn't go far the other day. Remember when it was uh, summer in February? Yes. Yeah, we're with, we're in March now, but it doesn't seem that long ago. We had that day of summer, and uh, it was twenty degrees. And in my view, twenty degrees in February is a mandatory day off. So I set the day aside. <coughs> from from di- what? From. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you sound like the missus now. <laughs> just put a couple of chairs on the porch, yeah, ice bucket, and just had some uh, dropping guests. First, the postman swung by. Uh, I said, "Do you fancy a glass of wine?" He said, "Well, I've still got two hours of my shift left." And I said, mm. "Like, and?" And he went, "All right then." <laughs> so he joined me, and then we were joined in after another half an hour or so by the nice lady from the gas board. She came up and said. Um, I'm just checking that you were happy with the recent programme of works that was going on in your... Oh, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gassy Sue joined us for a glass, and <laughs> then the missus came home. And there's nothing like the face of your partner when they come home from work and find you sitting on the porch on your second bottle, just about to skin up. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, a couple of mates called over, and then the plumber came just in time for sunset. Lovely. Yeah, really, really, uh, really pleasant afternoon. Recom- highly recommend it. Look forward to doing another one in July. You went on a trip abroad as well, I understand. I did. I went to Hamburg this weekend for the Hamburg Derby between wow. uh, St. Pauli and uh, SV Hamburg. Uh, it was a great privilege to go. Uh, it's not a derby that happens very often. Mm. Um, and a friend I made on my last trip to Hamburg got me a ticket. Uh, they were changing hands for like a thousand euros and, mm. you know, uh, so it was yeah it was a great honour mm. yet the game was shit oh, hard luck <laughs> uh, St Pauli just didn't turn up uh, yeah. the fans certainly did in fact they had the game uh, stopped after 80 minutes for firing flares on the pitch mm. um, but it was still a great time uh, very heavy police presence uh, mm. riot police everywhere I think there was some trouble between the fans the night before uh, indeed at, at one point I was I got surrounded by SV fans, and one of them whispered menacingly in my ear. Uh, uh, what did he say? Ich habe meinen Schlüssel verloren. That was it, that was it, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think I ruined the effect somewhat by turning around and saying, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't understand a word of that. <laughs> uh, so he got in my face and said, Fox on Pauli. Uh, uh, sorry, still didn't, still don't get it. Uh, no, I, I wish I'd said that, actually. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I said, um, very harsh. And he thought I said, very hard. And oh. laughed and said, good answer, and, and let me go. And, oh. uh, I, you know, a confrontation was avoided, and uh, they all survived. <laughs> and you do this for fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had a great night in Hamburg. It is, as anybody who's been to Hamburg knows, it's a great boozy city, mm. and uh, you run into people from all over the world. Uh, I met some guys from Glasgow who had uh, been to see Altenar the day before, mm-hmm. uh, the non-league club in Hamburg, who have a relationship with Dulwich Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was saying he knew he was in for a, a different football experience uh, as soon as he took his pint to, to the main stand. And um, a bloke rocked up next to him wearing a Mexican wrestling mask, carrying an inflatable gu- machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed the uh, the next item up mm. uh, uh, in uh, what we've been up to is Dirty South Search for Employment. And, yes, I um, need to uh, I, get I, some I just wondered if um, perhaps I can ask a question on behalf of all our listeners, and more particularly your wife. 
<laughs> as to how your, your your regular weekends abroad to Malta, Hamburg, Madrid, etc. <laughs> square with your drive to not spend so much money and indeed fill the coffers up yes well it's all experience isn't it all experience uh, which may Jobless become useful at some point yeah <laughs> jobless work experience yeah i got dragged in right i mean yeah. a, a mate said to me do you want to go to the hamburg derby yeah. and i said yes it's as simple as that yeah i i, I struggle to say no I, you're not a no man i'm not a no man it's for me it's the hardest word it's not sorry no you i can say sorry all the time exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah fair enough yeah i wish i hadn't brought it up now uh, <laughs> uh, but yes i have been you're right i have been uh, looking for work um and it, it's going very well oh still not got any still not got any. <laughs> exactly still not got any um although i did rejoin linkedin recently mm. um i mean I, I was on that before when i was um when i was working and uh obviously it's rubbish so i got off it as soon as possible and uh but as i'm putting in for a couple of sort of subbing jobs and things like that i thought i'd better have something up there and mm. uh connected with uh, a number of old uh, colleagues uh, and it was lovely to get so many messages back saying great to hear from you mm. i haven't got any work for you but do you fancy going for a pint yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i had zero offers of work several offers for a pint and it's not been quite the boost to my economy i'd hoped fortunately uh dessert has been going very well has it <laughs> In your absence? Uh, no, not really. Terrible. Uh, I did put a piece up called Like Father, Like Son uh, oh. about my uh, father, my late father. A very uh, lovely uh, piece, if I may say so. Well, thank you very much, dear boy. Yes, a lot of people. It did seem to uh, chime with a lot of people. Although rather than um, identifying with me, the poor son of the alcoholic, <laughs> most people seem to identify with my father. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of me in that, they were saying on Twitter. Like, Hang on a minute. Um, anyway, this is a piece about my father's transformation really on retirement from a tedious curmudgeon into a happy deserter you mm. might say mm. he burned all his collars took up smoking on the first day <laughs> grew his hair joined a snooker club and worked on his tan uh, but it also charted his relationship with alcohol mm. uh, he did like it um, um once the doctor asked him how he felt if he went 24 hours without a drink to which my father said i don't know <laughs> And uh, he remains the only person I've ever known to get Christmas and birthday cards from his off-licence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, l- lastly, he was warned off the drink. And um, once, when, I, when I woke up about noon, he said to me, um, I was staying over at his, I've been very good this morning, he said, I've not had a single drink. And I was like, wow, Dad, that's really good. Um, but what are all these tins of beer in <laughs> the bin? And he said, oh, I've had beer. <laughs> so that sort of gives you an idea of the level of what he was drinking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that story's up on the site. Check the site to see how the story ends. Mm. Though, of course, if you're familiar with the lives of chronic alcoholics, you probably know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Top up, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it does seem lots of uh, our friends, uh, children of, uh, of alcoholics, uh, mm. myself included, of course. Mm, mm, um, mm. Yeah, my old dad, was, yeah, he liked to drop. And uh, he had a... Um, he had a strange uh, uh, way of. Uh, yeah, his dad jokes were a little different from 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 most. Uh, mm. I remember one at nine when I was about nine. He told me this one about. Um, he said uh, there are these two people in prison, and one of them says, uh, "So what are you in for?" And he says, "Oh, cold blooded murder! I strangled someone with me bare hands." You? <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, "Bestiality." Oh, what's that? Well, it's uh, when you have sexual congress with uh, an animal. 
He said, that's disgusting. How low can you go? He said, down to a Jack Russell. (laughs) (laughs) That was around the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pass the hot dogs, Dad. (laughs) Uh, Another deserter uh, excursion was a media appearance. Yes. Yes. Uh, We went on to the Robert Elms show, um, which was great fun, wasn't it? Yes, on BBC BBC Radio London. Yeah. Um, The link, we'll put the link up. Uh, on the website page for this podcast if oh, you missed okay. it yeah, good idea. Yeah. Um, but he was a lovely bloke wasn't he and very enthusiastic about the book he was um, unfortunately we didn't mention Deserter or the podcast once no no the media training uh, kicked in and, and it didn't uh, you know, it, didn't, it kicked it in the day after <laughs> yeah kicked when Vadim yeah. heard about it yeah as soon as that mic goes on all the stuff goes out your head yeah it? exactly yeah you were saying a lot of stuff you didn't even mean. I know. <laughs> it wasn't even true. Uh, unfortunately, this was the uh, the final straw for Vadim, our commercial manager. Who he was furious. I'd never seen him so furious. Never seen so many emails, put it that way. Mm, um, yeah. Did you read any of them? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I read the what one about? with the subject line, Clueless Clowns. Oh. <laughs> Who's that about? <laughs> and... Then I read the end of the other one when he said something about it's light herding cats, drunk, commercially naive cats. Oh, they sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'd be surprised if a cat was anything other than commercially naive, but um, I'm just nitpicking. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he basically he basically quit. And we'd like to say farewell, yeah, Vadim. Sorry. Uh, possibly sorry, yes. Uh, possibly sorry. Yeah, Show me the money. Hard. Show yeah. me the money. That was one of his uh, catchphrases. Mm. Um so, yeah, we'll miss you, Vadim, but we won't miss your emails. <laughs> Talking of which, mm. email oh. is the subject of our first guest, isn't it? Yes. Here he is. I can hear him. I am the corporate deserter. I earn a six-figure salary. And I do fuck all. Today, email. Why do we have email? Well, to put it simply, it's for shy business people to communicate with each other. There are two basic types of emails in the corporate world, the writer and the idiot, and they are both, I'm sorry to say, monstrous cunts. The writer, a well-meaning intellectual type who probably wears a hat, will compose endless paragraphs of finely honed prose like they're writing a fucking novel, except one filled with bullet points and actionables. If you respond to these at all, and my advice is don't even open them, make it a one-line response, which is ever so slightly off the point. The other type of emailer is the idiot, who fires off his thoughts live, without a filter or even punctuation. I like to respond to these missives by asking, did you mean to send this? But email can also be your friend. First of all, the out-of-office facility is the greatest single tool for letting everyone know how busy you are, short of taking an axe to the photocopier. You are not in the office, you're not even reading email, but somehow you're busier than the sender. Never just put I am out of the office. Share your appointments in detail, even if most of it is made up. Wow, have you seen what Gary's up to today, they'll say, as you order a second bottle at lunch. The other gift is scheduled email. Don't send email during working hours, people might respond. Instead, write them in advance and schedule them to be sent during the evening and into the night. 
There is nothing better for your reputation than having someone open an email from you sent at 6.30am that reads, Did you mean to send this? I am a corporate deserter. Until next time. Yeah, okay. Thanks for that, corporate deserter. I have to say, going through emails after a holiday is tedious enough, isn't it? Uh, imagine what it would be like if you actually read them. <laughs> Apparently, email is one of the greatest causes of workplace-related stress. Really? Yeah, along with redundancy. And, you know, when they close your favourite toilet for maintenance work? Oh, I hate that. That's awful. Um, And, of course, it is for stressed people everywhere that our next section is designed for, right? Yes, indeed. We call it a moment of silence. Mm. And, And our producer, Deadly, every episode provides an hourly experience. What have you got for us this time, Deadly? Today we've got early morning nature sounds in London. Oh, sounds nice. A moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Can you guess whose song this is? Is it Elton John? Um, I'm going to stick my neck out and say, is it a bird? Uh, Chicken Kiev? Is it a green plover? No. Cuckoo? No. Do you know what what type of bird it is? Of course you do. He's from the country. (laughs) Let's have one more. (laughs) (laughs) One more listen. Yeah, it's definitely a bird. Yeah, definitely a bird, yeah. Okay, Go. Yeah. It's predominantly a blackbird. Oh. oh. That's part of the dawn chorus. Possibly a robin in the background. Oh. And some traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the traffic. And um, can you eat blackbirds? <laughs> yeah, you can get them in a pie, can't you? Only if you're royalty. You're talking about the four and twenty blackbirds? I am, They weren't actually uh, cooked into the pie. They were... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They were a pre-dinner entertainment. Um, they were actually alive. It was quite a common thing in the Middle Ages. Yeah. yeah. It was just a pie lid over some live birds. So when you cut it, they all flutter out. Just a pie lid? Just that, a pie that's lid. That's not a pie. No, it's like you get in, like you get in the pub. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, then the birds will come out as, a, as an entertainment, not to eat. So, so I ask again, can you eat them? Of course you can. You can eat all birds, can't you? Uh, I'll simply reply, pedant. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, I saw a couple of bird-related uh, news items the other day. Shall oh yeah. Let's see if I can uh, find them. Where did I put them? Where are they? Oh, here we are. Yeah. First one was from the Independent. Um, farmers in India. Are com- Actually, this is news, isn't it? Should we just do the news? Let's yeah. just do news. Let's do. Let's the go strange news. News. Yeah. news. yeah. The news. Yeah, so in the Independent, um, farmers in India are complaining that parrots are addicted to their opium crops. Oh my god. Yeah, they've seen them coming over, the little these parakeets, and they're um, completely hooked on the powerful narcotics contained within the opium seeds. Jesus. Uh, the poppy seeds. Um, Before you know it, they'll be jacking off dogs for quavers. <laughs> 
apparently one or, one or two come, then dozens come back. They tell all their mates. They pass it round. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but and also the same day, I read a story in the UK. Uh, it's called a sort of UK version of the same thing, really. Um, this was, I think, also in the Independent. Uh, swans in the Lake District are addicted to chips. <laughs> Swans are walking over a mile to hang about outside a chip shop after signs went up at Lake Windermere asking the public to stop feeding the wildlife. (laughs) The swans, sometimes up to a dozen, wait outside the chip shop and ask for chips from the clientele. If they don't get them, they can become abusive and make noises. Local Jenny Wilkinson said they can be quite aggressive. One of them said something rude about my hair. Um, okay, let's go back to uh, pub and beer news because uh, we you know, we need to put the world back in order. We've gone out of order. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm also about birds, though. This is oh, for fuck's sake. The is first, the first one, the Raven. So it is the Tower Bridge Tap Room. Um, so it's where the the Bridge House used to be, um, mm-hmm. which was the, the the only Adnams pub in London, wasn't it? Now that's gone. Oh, and it's yeah. been replaced by the Raven, which uh, hopes to be a gateway to the Bermondsey Beer Mile. Um, I don't. I don't think it's connected to a brewery, but it's certainly got six casks in. Tap room suggests it's it does, doesn't it? With a brewery, doesn't it? But maybe yeah. it doesn't have to be. I don't know. Um, Break the rules. It's open on the twenty-first of March, and uh, if you go to at Tower Tap Room, uh, no, sorry, at Towerbridge Tap, you can uh, find out what what they're pouring. What they're pouring, yeah. Um, Catford's, as we know, on the up. But yeah, now it's it? gone stratospheric. Well, it's getting that way, isn't it? I mean, there's, there was ninth ninth life last last month, and now um, the guy who runs the the CLF, uh, Mickey Smith. This is uh, the, the art bar in Peckham, the arts isn't it? Bar yeah, in Peckham yeah. and the Bussy Building. Yeah, uh, he's taken over a, a, a derelict, well, I don't know, a derelict, an empty uh, social club, Brookdale mm. Club, uh, in the back streets of Catford, um, and so he's going to turn that into a happening joint, and that's um, opening in summer. Great. See you there. Um, Crown and Scepter, the sad news that the Crown and Scepter uh, on Streatham Hill, Brixton Hill, mm. uh, was going to close, uh, was followed two days later by the happier news that it's going to open. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is how quickly the news agenda moves in this country. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Weatherspoons have sold the lease. It looked like it might be going to close down, but now it's been taken over by... Someone or other, yeah, but and it's going to reopen, but not as a spoons, not, not as a spoons, spoons. yeah. Um, moving on, the do you hear of Nunfest, the Nunhead no. Musical Festival? Oh, right, that uh, they're cool. trying to get off the ground, yeah. Um, it hit its uh crowdfunding target, so this summer, um, we'll be treated to a musical festival in Nunhead, great, um, including such obvious places perhaps as the Ivy House and. Mm. The old nun's head, but also yeah. places like the Pyro and the Manor Kent. Brilliant, joining in. Um, Cam's pub of the year. Where yes. is it? Which one? Who won East it? East Greenwich River Ale House. Yeah, yeah. Well played. Um, yeah, well played. Yeah, they do a lovely pint uh, and a, a warm welcome. Um, and uh, yeah, they've carried it off. You know, they got a lot of vote. I think. I think at the point you get to the top five, it is about people voting rather than yeah, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah, they have a, a, a yeah. A lot of people love it. They yeah, won. I haven't been yet, so I look forward to mm, cracking mm. in there. I know it's very popular. Um, you, we've got an event coming up, haven't we? 
We have. Uh, we are doing a drinking riot. Go <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> A drinking for every stumble. <laughs> if I may finish. <laughs> Sorry, Reverend. A drinking guide to Telegraph Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a, a message, didn't we, from uh, Tim at Water Into Beer. Oh, was that the one telling us off? He was telling us off, yeah. yeah. He is in, I didn't realise this, because he's right by Broccoli Station, isn't he? he Water is. Into Beer. Yeah. That's part of the Telegraph Hill ward. Oh. And we didn't mention Telegraph Hill in the book oh. by name. No, okay. Um, so he's pointed out how many pubs there are in their ward. Some yeah. of them we have covered. Some of them, um, yeah, we just didn't say Telegraph Hill. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so like we didn't put Penge in the index. Shh, shh, don't mention that. Don't mention that. Mm. Uh, so on the 5th of April, we will be giving a talk at uh, Water Into Beer mm-hmm. about uh, our adventures touring Telegraph Hill. Um, oh. uh, I'll, I'll be... Uh, I'll be doing that talk, and you'll be. Was it, is it, you're going to be interpreting it with mime, is it? Dance, dance, <laughs> right, dance. Yeah, um, yes. I, well, I'd like to see how you'd interpret uh, Hungarian craft beer bar. Right now, yeah. <laughs> That's actually very good. Thank see. you. Yeah, <laughs> that surprised him. <laughs> Should I put my trousers back on now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just beat you to it yes, the producer yeah. just beat you to the joke <laughs> and you rehearsed it mm. no he did it no it's all off the cuff all off the cuff um, right um, good that, where that, where that's going to be at Water Into Beer yes it's £5 entrance to uh, what yeah um, but for that Even for you, us. Will, you, you will see uh, Andy naked mm. uh, m- me talking mm. and possibly get some dessert of rolling papers Maybe. You will. You uh, will. You I will. haven't got enough of those Money to go around. Yeah, I've ordered some more. Oh, he's ordered some more. Okay. Um, you're going to talk something about uh, it being just past International Women's Day. You noticed a campaign that uh, caught Yes, your I, I, I spotted attention. this. I think it's been in a few places, but this was in the, the Australian Financial Review, which, you know, obviously I take. I take that, yeah. Uh, Who by Polita Clark. Um, she um, basically kicked off the campaign for women's right to be useless. Yeah. She said there's a serious case to be made against the wearying expectation for women to be always more able, more ethical, more generous and more inspiring. We must demand the right to be as incompetent, lazy and useless as any man. Absolutely. That is where true equality lies. Well, that sounds like Roxy, doesn't it? She's it always does. saying, I want to be... As absurd, as ridiculous as men. Yeah. Why can't we be as ridiculous as men? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, call me sexist, but I I do find it hard to believe that any woman could be as incompetent as Chris Grayling. Yes. Maybe you do need testicles. I think you need testicles for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bit of politics for you then. Yeah, a little bit of politics. (laughs) Terrifying. It's a bit heady now. Um, Now then, we touched earlier on uh, how your drive for a job was going oh yeah and uh, you know how it was uh, went in hand in hand with your uh, holiday sun trips to various places <laughs> around europe um how would you like 50 pound a week for doing fuck all forever 60 <laughs> <laughs> this is um a proposal by the New Economics Foundation, um, which is now backed by the Shadow Chancellor as well as the Greens, 
which suggests scrapping the tax-free personal allowance and replacing it with a flat payment of £48 a week for every adult. Yes, please. Get in. Regard- it would not replace benefits and would not depend on employment. Everyone would get it. Hmm. And essentially, uh, that is, by my calculation, 10 free pints a week. We find pints and free money very important, Mm. almost as important as sleep. Mm. Yeah, that's the third most important thing. Um, There's a couple of news news items about sleep. One, Dirk Boyton sent us one, which I think we've we've mentioned before, unless it's a new study, but... um, this is a report that sleep actually helps to repair damaged DNA in our neurons. So this yeah. gets damaged during the day and repaired at night, mm. aiding memory, learning and mood. And memory? And memory. <laughs> uh, and that was um, alongside another article I saw which said catching up on sleep at the weekend is insufficient to repair the damage done by sleep deprivation during the week. Yeah. It's a little bit like, duh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel good, though, doesn't it? Get more sleep. Mm. Sleep during the week, yeah. Sleep, sleep, sleep. As Hemingway said, I love sleep. My life has a tendency to fall apart when I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, things are simpler, aren't they? Yes. Um... Did you see, Vinny, about the uh, billionaire diamond trader who died after a penis enlargement operation? What? During? No, I didn't. No. No. I, I, I mentioned this because me. you were going to have one, weren't you? Uh, <laughs> reduction. Reduction. <laughs> That's not what your my wife said. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't ruined the birthday surprise, have I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was uh, billionaire diamond dealer Elhud Air Laniardo. 65. He owns a £30 million penthouse in Monaco. A friend of his said, who we wish to remain anonymous, said he was always focused on his appearance and how others perceived him. Uh, going on to say, he always looked like he had a tiny cock. <laughs> uh, I, th- I just mentioned this because it's an example that untold riches don't necessarily buy your satisfaction. certainly not in his wife's case talking about uh, billionaires uh, I think the time has come Mm. to announce the appointment of our new commercial manager oh yeah he's gonna presumably gonna turn us all into billionaires yeah yeah Uh, he may be known to some of you uh, although some of you I know have doubts as to whether he's real Um, our new commercial manager we can formally announce, and he'll be on later as a guest, is Pompey Dunk. Hooray! Well done, Pompey. I well, mean, yeah, congratulations. It was a very strong application. Yeah, it was the outstanding application, wasn't it? It was the only application. <laughs> and uh, he's on later to uh, have a chat. I mean, what, what was it that you liked about his um, application? Um, well, uh he talked about bars, opening a bar. Yeah. I think that was the key thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, that really uh, yeah, got me interested. I liked the uh, smarmy. 
Yeah, he's a bit smarmy, yeah. No, no, no. It was the uh, social media active rolling meaningful engagement. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you need a bit of smarmy for your head of commercial. That is probably also and coincidentally true. Sorry, sorry about that, Pompey. (laughs) It hasn't even started yet. Um, Yeah, because he, I mean, he he saw that as an opportunity to maximise the earning potential of the deserter brand. It's all sounding Oh, it does sound very very professional, doesn't it? Very slick, yeah. yeah. Deserter brand, yeah. Um, he came up with this idea, didn't he, for US, expan- US expansion, and um, he recommended oh, all. he recommended an immediate research project via a three-week study tour of New York, Miami, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and New York again. Mm. Oh, sounds thought, like a good idea. Sounds yeah. like a very good idea, mm. doesn't it? Um, that was just him, though, oh, he went uh, on to uh, say, uh, yeah. Oh. Um, and I, also, I didn't fully understand some of the bit about what was it, 10% of profit goes to us, I think, and the rest of it goes to a holding company that he was going to set up in his name oh. in the Isle of Man. Did right. you get that bit? No. no. Is that Deserter Limited? Yeah. Deserter Limited. I mean, yeah. I thought that's was a subsidiary. It was a subsidiary, yeah. but, we're not actually... but all the money goes to that. He sounds very clever. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I look, anyway, I look forward to quizzing him on that, on that later. Well, welcome back to our literary section. <laughs> and um, this month, you, Vinnie, have chosen a book by Neil Forsyth called Delete This at Your Peril. Do tell us all about it. Yes, not quite the uh, literary pillar that perhaps uh, Dylan Thomas is, uh, oh. but very funny nonetheless. Um, this is the first of four books featuring the comic character Bob Servant. Uh, mm. There's also a radio show and uh, a TV series. Mm. Um, um, it's basically uh, a collection of email exchanges uh, exchanges with scammers. Um, mm. he, he's created this character, Bob Servant, to respond to and waste the time of uh, people trying to con money out of him. Um, and I think it's, you know, he, he, the reason it's so funny is that he, he has created this character and he is fleshed out through throughout the book mm. as being, mm. uh, um, he's, he's a, uh, a former window cleaner, um, his business went really badly wrong when someone nicked his ladders and he was only able to, to clean bungalow windows. <laughs> uh, so he moved into the cheeseburger business. Uh, he has a cheeseburger van in Broughty Ferry, Dundee. Um, and uh, yes, it starts, this particular uh, book starts uh, with an email from His Royal Highness Jack Thompson. Um, uh, the subject was delete this at your peril because uh, poor Jack had lost his father, the king, mm. who had left seventy-five million dollars in a Swiss bank account. Oh, and um, all he needed was somebody who could help him transfer it. Mm. Uh, mm. And uh, he, often it has to be transferred out of the country for yes, reasons that's right. unclear. Yes, um, yeah, and uh, he would allow uh, someone twenty percent of that fortune, which is mm-hmm. you know, very generous and. Uh, Bob got straight back to him and said, uh, 30%, not a penny less. And uh, that began an exchange uh, where he he eventually said, look, I I can't take that much money. You know, uh, the tax man will will have me. Mm. Uh, Let's do it in in gold or diamonds. Mm. 
or livestock uh, because my next door neighbour here in Dundee has a zoo and he'd really like some lions. Um, so, so Jack, Jack, and of course all of Jack's uh, emails are like, yes, of course, yes, of course. By the way, can you send your banking details now? Mm. Um, but yes, now he's saying, yes, I can get you four lions, yes. Um, and uh, so, so Bob asked for a... Bob asks for a photo of the lions, um, and Jack just sends him a picture of a lion, any lion really. <laughs> and um, uh, Bob r- responds uh, saying, "Thanks so much for putting my mind at rest and letting me know what a lion looks like. I have seen them in the past in books and such like, so I already had a fair idea. But you've really helped me out there." For example, I had it in my head for some stupid reason that lions wore spectacles. (laughs) Uh, I look forward to seeing the photo of the actual lions. I just popped my head over the garden wall and had a word with Frank. He was busy cleaning out his flamingo cage, but he did say he's very, very excited about getting hold of these lions. He asked me to pass on a few questions. Are they male or female? Are they in good physical condition? Do they talk? Thank you, my friend, and don't worry, I have booked in to see the bank manager tomorrow morning, Bob. <laughs> uh, Jack gets back to him and says, you know, that they're, they're, they're male, and he says, I, I don't think I've ever seen a lion that talks. And um, uh, Bob responds saying, I've spoken to Fra- Frank. He will take two leopards as long as they are friendly, and one elephant if you can get it. Frank is sure that he saw a talking lion on the television once. He thinks it was either on Songs of Praise or Bullseye. He said it reminded him of Jim McLean, the old Dundee United manager. Are you sure you can't get one? <laughs> I'm going to the bank in two hours. Bob. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jack says, yeah, yeah, OK, yeah, I'll, yeah, just email me the, the, the bank details. And Bob responds, Jack, how are you, my friend? Frank just called. He will take the following. Four lions, two leopards, one elephant, one alligator, two parrots, one hedgehog. <laughs> Hello, Bob, says Jack. From your mail, I will only be able to get four lions, two leopards, one alligator. The hedgehog, parrots and elephant will take me some time to find, but I think I will first send the four lions and two leopards to you before we proceed with the rest. Bob, please send the £1,700 now so I can send you the four lions and two leopards to you. I think one of the lions may talk a little. (laughs) Thanks, Jack. Do do you actually think it's all true? Or do you think he's... um taking a bit of artistic license with some of the responses uh i don't know i think our it is. friend yeah it, neil forsyth yeah possibly i don't I, I don't know i think it's all true and the book is filled with similar scam artists uh particularly been good taken one for a ride been taken for a ride particularly good one about a, with a russian bride um who uh uh agrees to come over to dundee and, and live with bob uh, along with her handler uh, unfortunately, Bob has lost his penis in a drunken uh, um, escapade. I know an operation that can correct that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Now we know. Risky. Uh, it, is, it is risky. Uh, and her handler even agreed to let Bob hold his penis so that he could know what it was like again. If only he would send his bank That's enough penises for this episode. <laughs> it reminds me, for older readers like our producer may remember... Um, <laughs> May remember the Henry Henry Root letters? Do you yes. recall those? Yes. You know, uh, it's like a Henry Root for the email age, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He, he would write to various people, usually enclosing a pound, uh, suggesting a, a pretty dress for the prime minister to wear or something like that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so that is uh, yes, so that Neil Forsyth. Yes, delete this at your peril. Yeah. Very funny. Good day, students. In a moment, Dr. Professor Mr. Dirty South will talk to you about money. What is it and where can we find it? Before that, may I remind you the psychogeography school trip takes place tomorrow, when students will be guided by barely registered subconscious forces towards random locations, including the King's Arms, Queen's Head, and all the hostelries in between. And now his dirt ship, Professor Sessa South. Thank you, Dean Martin. What is money? Money is a socio-economic system in which government-approved tokens can be exchanged for goods and services such as ale, pies, or a massage. There are five key paths to money. Inheritance, gambling, investment, robbery, and... There was another one there. It's gone, I'm afraid. The simplest way to get money is to inherit it. However, there is little you can do about that. The best you can manage is to identify a distant aunt who might have a few bob and send her a chocolate orange once in a while. Remember to include a picture of children. Any children will do. They don't have to be yours. Now, gambling. Perilous, yes. But there is, of course, risk-free betting which, if you follow our matched betting seminar, provides money for nothing, leaving you able to get paralytic on your winnings before you've even won. However, is there anything to match the thrill of having the ownership of your home depend on how many corners Norwich get in the first half? How does gambling differ from investing, you may ask? It doesn't, but for some reason it has a different name. Now, robbing a bank, it is not a victimless act. But as the victims are corrupt, soulless, offshore merchants of exploitation and misery, it is certainly worth considering. You will, however, need to consult your own legal advisers on this, as in many countries, theft remains illegal. And ah yes, the fifth thing. It was work. Sorry, but there it is. If you have to work, then at least try to gravitate towards something you actually like doing or that you believe in, like gambling or bank robbery. Don't miss next week's class, Health and Beauty, with the Dulwich Raider. Stay in shape with booze and fags. An excellent lecture, Professor Sessa. Sessa, <laughs> And um, I think very appropriate that it was about money. Yes. Given our guest, who uh, I'm very pleased to be able to introduce now, uh, the new deserted commercial manager, Pompey Dunk. Hey. Oh, Pompey. Thank you very much, thank you. Well, money Dunk. Thank you. Absolute pleasure to fit you into my pack schedule. <laughs> um, I think, um, as we were saying earlier, some, some of our listeners will know you or know of you for sure, but maybe you could just clear up something to begin with. Are you a fictional character? 
no, 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 definitely, definitely here. And um, for, thanks very much for applying. Um, and we're, we're very proud to have very you strong, on board. It's a very strong, strong application. application. Thank we, you very much. Yeah, we alluded to some of it earlier, the US tour, the smarminess, smart smarmy. <coughs> <Excuse yeah. me. laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and what, why, what, made you, what prompted you to apply for the position after Vadim quit? Uh, well, I've clearly seen the uh, potential of Deserter, mm. or soon to be known as Deserter PLC, of course. Oh. Um, and, um, but I, I just I get a sense you're just having too much fun. And we really need to focus a bit more on uh, maximising its potential and its, right. oh. its GPO, POR, margins, returns, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, uh, right. Uh, did you have a question, uh, uh, yeah, Benny? What, 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 what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've drawn a diagram for you, actually, just to make it oh. very clear for you. Oh, I hope it's a Venn diagram. because anything. It's, it's, it's basically oh, yeah. money yes, mm. yes. does not equal fun. Oh. Therefore, oh. less funny, more money. <laughs> Less oh. funny, more money. Less funny, okay. more money. Uh, yeah, I like, we oh, like our okay. commercial managers to have yeah. a catchphrase. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, less uh, money, more funny. Yeah. Less, less funny, yeah, more Vatim money. Yeah, would show me the money. I mean, show me the money. Yeah. He used to say, show me yeah. the money. It was hilarious. But this is good. Yeah, mm. yeah. We could get some this stickers is, made up. Yeah. Good. Uh, uh, I mean, not out of my pocket, of course. <laughs> no. Um, one thing we didn't fully understand, maybe we could just touch on, was the bit about, you know, the 10% profit goes to us, mm-hmm. and, and the rest seems to be going to a, a holding company you well, set up in uh, your uh, name uh, in the Isle of Man. Uh, uh, just, just, just details. As an I mean, yeah. obviously, this is... I mean, you were just brainstorming. I, it's something I think was, it's very important to, to put into action, but yeah. clearly this is um, something... You don't need to worry about the details no, of it. No, just, no, you no, don't really want we're that. We're friends. No, no. We're friends. Oh, I've known you for years now. I mean, years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, trust me, and we'll definitely make... The Deserter brand as a huge and great success. This yeah. sounds great, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, it's a real. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What that? What would we get each out of that? Six percent or something like that? Four percent? I mean, <laughs> it, it's ten percent or thirty percent, by the way. But I mean, <laughs> anyway, move on. Yes. Okay. Um, one, one, of course, one of the key ideas that I think it's fair to say landed you the gig, mm. if I may just be so bold, uh, was the Deserter Bar. Oh, God, yes. We'd love a bar. Yeah, I mean, you had a number of uh, key big ideas, I thought. Uh, well, yeah, it, indeed. I mean, I'd, I'd like to just ask you, I've done a bit of research on uh, yeah. recent activities, of course, mm-hmm. and I noticed the, uh, you made uh, what I presume was a very highly successful profit-making deserter game-changer beer. So what, what, uh, what, 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 uh, we should... what did that return you? Um, oh, what, in, in, a headache? In monetary terms. What, Probably, yes. No. No, we didn't no, know. No, it we was didn't more, get any money. Uh, that was when it was a marketing thing when yeah. Heather was here. Right. Like we did mark did it for marketing. Yeah. Okay, so game changer. The loss, game changer. Loss maker maybe. Oh. That's a good good name for the next one. Loss, yeah. loss maker. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I like it. This is going very well this It's very well. Very Interesting, well. right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what what yeah, what should we make, what should we brew next, do you think? Well, I mean, I think in terms of maximise your margins, then, you know, maybe like a deserter cold filtered pilsner, something oh, like that, you know, something that's like cheap like a lager. to make, a lager, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, right. I mean, okay. you don't really need to make it either. You could yeah. just, you know, grab some orange boom and rebrand it and just call it <laughs> right. cold filtered pilsner okay. and just, yeah. you know, sell it for six, changing, aren't they? Yeah. six pound a pint to all the tossers out there. I mean, I mean, your, <laughs> I mean your followers and kind dear customers right okay yeah and um yeah we were talk- talking about selling that and other great beers in the deserted bar mm. um 
your key your key points were you know that it needs to, to be a large premises and, and to be able to scale up to be a, a multinational corporation chain well absolutely you need yeah. to maximize the space yeah. minimal furniture yeah, yeah. maximize I'm the opening hours yeah, yeah. no clocks on the wall you don't want people thinking about time no. just right. get to the bar buy your pints the male vertical as drinker as much as possible yeah um, you could do like a special offer maybe like two pints for 10 pounds at 10 p.m <laughs> oh just at 10 p.m. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. 10.01, you've missed it. Yeah, yeah. Right. of course. Yeah. But at least it's we can advertise it as such. I think I'm going to get a penis enlargement. It'd <laughs> 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 be so wealthy. Uh, and we did, uh, as you requested, uh, come up with a couple of ideas for the bar, which we'd like to throw in. Yes, I'm very much looking um, forward to hearing your ideas. Yeah. Certainly we'll put it into consideration. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Mm. Uh, my key idea was that I, in, in the um, effort not to exclude anybody, I'd like to make our bar... Uh, bring your own beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you Great. can turn up with Great your own idea. tinnies. Mm. You sit down, crack out. No one, no one, you know, can't mm. come because they can't afford a drink. I would oh. also, yes, no, that's great. Yeah. Thank I you. I would also like uh, to be able to smoke weed. Okay. Yeah. In the bar or that's outside given. the bar. That's you a know, given. Outside the bar. I mean, got it, there's a little In the balls. bar. In the bar. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonder bar. Yeah. Because if the council come around, like, what are you doing? You're smoking fucking weed. We'll mm. be like, and yeah, that's part mm. of our brand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, commercial, yeah. see the head of commercial. See the head of commercial. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, these are ideas. They're great ideas, aren't they? Great you? ideas. Yeah, they're ideas. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, we did have uh, one or two more. I think I'd like to see the bar initially, at least, in a phone box. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've drunk <laughs> double as a toilet. I, I, oh no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I, I did see one. Uh, a phone box in Blackheath is next to one of those. Do you remember those loos? Are they from the eighties? Those self-cleaning loos. Oh yeah, they're not from the eighties, mate. They're from the year three thousand. <laughs> yeah, they look like it. Yeah, yeah. It's right next to a phone box, so you could we could have the bar and the phone uh -huh. box. Yeah. Have a have a spliff, and then you know the, you don't even have to clean the loo. That Amazing. is very good. <laughs> so those that's it. That, those are our thoughts. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's 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 very interesting. I yeah. mean, clearly a pair of hippie dreamers are what comes to mind, really. But oh, um, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I don't think you're really taking this seriously. Do you know this is just like having Vadim. Oh, it's nice. I think you're going to fit in fine, Pompey. <laughs> nice to have you on board. Okay. Will you stay with us for our uh, social media scene section, or do you have to go off and make some money? I mean, if it's snappy, I can, you know, another two minutes, maybe? Yeah, not two minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I would say nice tie, by the way. Very nice I've tie. never it's seen uh, a, uh, a tie with a hoodie before. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Great combination. It's very important if you want to make money, you've got to look apart. Yes. Yes. You, you certainly look, look apart. apart. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's an anagram of part. <laughs> social media scene. The scene. The social media scene. Uh, first thing that uh, I, that uh, I saw that uh, mm. I, I enjoyed this month was um, Luke Haynes, who, who some of you may know. Uh, who's, he was in the auteurs That's and black box right. recorder some yeah. years ago. Lenny and, Valentino. And he, yes, and he wrote um, Bad Vise, which was uh, quite, oh, a quite was good, good book about uh, yeah. uh, music in his era. Um, he tweeted, God, I hate middle-class North London pubs, braying men shout in your ear. They have to sample the drinks. They say posh shit to the barman. Order your drink, quickly, drink it, fuck off. How hard is that? 
And uh, he, he, yeah, he got it. <laughs> he got a lot of uh, responses to that. There were a lot of people agreeing with him. Uh, Save Half Moon said, asking to sample beer, sample beer should be made illegal. Yeah. John Niven HQ said, see also people over 30 thinking about what they want to drink or asking for a drinks list. You know what time of day it is. You should know what you'd like to drink at that hour. Order or fucking die. <laughs> Pedro Benji said, you need to find your local working men's club. No talking ever glorious. <laughs> and Gary Brogdon said, I bet they pay by card as well. <laughs> I liked um, somebody Murray. <laughs> All about JC detail. Murray. Down my way, a sample is the first fucking pint. <laughs> DJ Tom Wilde said, well said. Can't stand craft beer. Bars with 25 taps and beetroot pale ale at £8 a pint. In Germany or the Czech Republic, you ask for a beer and they give you a tasty and refreshing pint of lager or pilsner. That's how beer culture should be. There you go. Exactly. I mean, I quite agree. Yeah. Robert Wood said, that's because all lager tastes the same of nothing. And DJ Tom Wilde said, exactly as it should be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, personally, I disagree with almost all of those points. (laughs) Me too. I I do. You know, if I'm going to pay £6 for a pint... I at least want to know it's delicious. Absolutely. Well, if you go into most of the pubs around here, uh, you, you, you're likely to get a shit pint. So you want to have a little taste first, see if it's any good, without having to cause a great big kerfuffle taking it back where they look at you funny. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's really crowded, it's half-time or something, yeah, yeah. that's a bit different. No, but, maybe, um, yeah, of course. But, yeah, I'm not going to drink a shit expensive pint because Luke Haynes <laughs> wants me to. No, he's in a rush. Yeah. Luke's in a rush. Just yeah. give me anything you've got. Give me some lager. <laughs> What else? Uh, there was the um, pitch invasion uh, debacle over the weekend, wasn't there? Mm. Um, uh, player security has been... Uh, it's uh, a hobby uh, for a lot of people, hasn't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, there's been a few incidents lately, hasn't there? Well, there was an ex-Birmingham player who suggested that um, the police should be armed at football matches. Yes. <laughs> right. Very odd, yeah. Barney Renee from The Guardian said yeah. um, four options. One, arm the players... Two, replace them with soldiers. Three, admit we have an angry, alienated population and try to do something about it. Four, snipers. <laughs> Personally, I go for four, but either way, problem solved. <laughs> Christoph Terrier said, uh, should these soldiers wear a poppy? And <laughs> Barney said they should be dressed as poppies. <laughs> Complained that Ken Bates, the former Chelsea chairman didn't go far enough with his electrified fences that he wanted he said i would like to see an electric fence around each individual player <laughs> kieran delana said soldiers for goalposts <laughs> build a wall and make birmingham pay for it said harry hawkins <laughs> i noticed something just harking back to international women's day for a moment and um on that note i'd just like to apologize to all women for men I uh, saw uh, on Twitter a woman who'd posted a dating experience she'd had. She uh, met this guy in the smoke. She says in the smoking area of a house party in Hackney Wick, and uh, he said to her, "I'm not like other guys, you know." And they oh, exchanged yeah. numbers, and um, yeah, uh, the next night he wrote to her, "Hey, do you want to come over and watch La Chinoise tomorrow night? It's Art House by Jean-Luc Godard." from 1967 
all about revolution. You would like it a lot, unless you don't like Art House. A lot of people don't get it. <laughs> I'm good, thanks, she said. <laughs> Why? He wrote, because I don't want to. You don't like Art House, he said. I like some Art House, but I've seen Lachinois and it sucks. <laughs> okay, he replied, but did you watch it properly? <laughs> Did you pay attention to the themes and motifs, or were you just looking at the screen without taking it in? Oh, no. A lot of people just don't know how to watch Art House. They watch it like a normal big film, and they don't understand any of the messages. Dude, I know how to watch films. (laughs) I'm not saying you don't. I just think you'd enjoy it more if you watched it with someone who has studied Art House. (laughs) Once again, sorry Sorry. to all women. Well, I think that's all we've got time for now, isn't it? Um, yes. Thank you very much for listening. Leave us a review. Is that right? Please, Pompey? yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Positive only, of course. Positive yeah. only. Uh, uh, yes, of course. Leave us a good review. Thank you to uh, Deadly Headley for twiddling. Yes. Uh, for Pompey Dunk, Money Dunk coming in. Yeah. Um, Corporate We deserter. are off to the pub to have some blackbird pie. <laughs> and, and some beer samples. And lots of samples. Yeah, I might pay on a card. And to hunt footballers. Yes. <laughs> um, just a thought for the day uh, I saw on Twitter for the uh, outro. Uh, this is from at Tom Segura. Don't ever quit unless something's really hard. <laughs> and less funny equals more money. <laughs> <laughs>